Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws with myself, Dave Clayton, and my co-host, Glyn Dewis. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm really good, mate. How are you? I'm very well. It's been a good week again. <laughs> it certainly has. <laughs> and it was a great, mate, I've just got to say, even I wasn't... I was only on the intro of last week's episode. I have to say that interview with Ian Munro was really good and said we've had some great feedback from it. So yeah. firstly, thank you, Ian, for doing it. And if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to last week's because it really is a cracking episode. Definitely. Um, I just I just knew that was a good one because we were just kind of just sat on the floor in his house, just having a good old chat, two mates. And, you know, it, that was just, what you heard there is what Ian is. That's it. There was, you know, no airs, yeah. no graces. What you see is what you get. And it was just completely honest. I think... I just think that is good for anybody to listen to that's involved in anything creative, to be honest with you. Yeah, it can, and that's what came across for me. Was yeah. I, obviously I know I know Ian, you know Ian, um, but it made him more relaxed. And I think that's kind of what the nice thing about getting these interviews is getting people to bit feel relaxed around it. Yeah, definitely, and, uh, and make good content. So, and we've got another one lined up, I believe. So I'm going to let you tell us a little bit about this week's episode. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this this is a actually this was a bit of a selfish one, really, to be honest with you, mate. This is one that I really wanted us to have. Um, a while back, I kind of mentioned that I was doing this landscape project that I'm just kind of starting this 12 month thing, and as a consequence of that, I started scouting around the internet looking for people who. Uh, who I could learn from, you know, on YouTube videos and websites. And I actually put an email out to my email group, and this guy's name came back many times in responses to my email. And it's a guy called Nigel Danson, uh, D-A-N-S-O-N, and he is a landscape photographer based in the UK, and he's absolutely brilliant. I don't just say his, his pictures are beautiful which they are I'd, I'd, I'd love to get any you know, just a fraction near them they're absolutely gorgeous but what I really like is just the way that he presents himself I mean on his YouTube channel which I will regularly just sit down to watch a video but yeah. I never watch a video it's always multiple videos and I'm there and his videos are generally around about you know maybe 15 minutes long something like that he does them every week every Sunday new episode and I'm at the stage now where it's like I have to get ready for Sunday yeah. to watch a new episode he's got a very very natural way about about himself um he just comes across really well. His pictures are great. He explains things great. And he's got an amazing story, Dave, because this is the guy, I don't know if you remember, but I mentioned about reading this bloke's About Me page, and he talked about the fact that he had um, his heart had stopped when he was out in Yosemite, crashed his yeah. car, woke up in hospital. His heart stopped two more times while he was in hospital. And it was that huge event in his life that made him make the decision that, this is, I don't want to do what I'm doing now. I want to be a photographer. I want to be a full time working photographer. And that's what he did. I just think it's an amazing story. Uh, and it's just, it's just brilliant to see him doing what he's doing. But I just wanted everybody to get to know him. Those who don't know him, I wanted people to know this guy because um, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm paying to go on a one to one with him. I, I just, I really? just, yeah, I just, I, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, that's who this is Nigel Danson. Cool. That's what I like about these interviews is the fact that, you know, as as the non-photographer, I still find him really interesting because it's not necessarily about the, the art. It's about the story. It's about the, the the journey that got them to where they are and why they choose to do what they do because they love it. Yeah. So um, so I look forward to these anyway, even though I'm not 
doing the interview are quite good. It's like I'm listening to someone else's podcast. So it's <laughs> yeah. quite nice, quite nice. I've listened to last week's three times already. Cool. So, um, but before we go on, we just want to say thank you again this week to our sponsors, Westcott in association with JP Distribution. I want to thank them for their support. Um, and thanks again to everyone for leaving all the comments and feedback on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Really appreciate it. So, uh, Without further ado, I'm going to throw it back over to you, Glenn, and get the interview started. Yeah, quite simply, like we normally do when we have these uh, interviews, it's becoming a bit of a, a pattern to how we introduce them. So I'm just going to do this now. I'm going to go, Nigel, who are you? Okay, so I am a landscape photographer. Um, in a previous life, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, I um, was a CEO of a software company. And... Yeah, I'm just a fairly normal guy, really. I, I am massively passionate about landscape photography and just being out in nature. Now, I know we've already mentioned this, or you kind of let it slip when we were doing a bit of an intro there before we started press record, but how long have you been doing photography, Nigel? Well, I, I, th- I think I said, I've been a professional for around about seven or, seven or eight months. I've actually been doing photography for a lot longer than that. So I, I've been doing photography. I started photography um, in the darkroom um, doing black and white photography and I, I, I've been doing it for probably the best part of 30 years but professionally I've only been doing it for seven or eight months. Okay now uh, just for the benefit of those folks listening um, this kind of interview here has all come about purely from an email that I sent out to folks in my email group because although I'm a portrait guy that's, that is what I do is portraits I wanted to do something that was a complete uh, change for me not because I want to change what I do but purely something that I can do for me uh, and to get out more to force me to get out more and to learn something new so I just wanted to be able to take some landscape pictures so I sent an email out to, to my email group and said look I need help what do you recommend what kit would you reckon I should get and who should I follow to get some tips and tricks from and your name like as I mentioned to you came up quite a few times so then I've gone onto your YouTube channel and then I think I don't know how long it was later on after I'd watched God knows how many videos. I then went to your about page and then it was like reading that, that that's why this has come about because I think your story is just brilliant. Um, and I know we mentioned this before we press record that a lot of times it's all very sugar coated in this industry and a lot of people can't really relate to it. But when they hear that somebody's gone through stuff, it kind of makes them much more um, accessible and all that kind of stuff. So, I've kind of alluded to it there. Can you give us an idea? Because on your about page, it mentions about an accident. Uh, can you kind of? Are you happy to let us know more about that? I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to talk more about that. Um, first of all, by the way, your portrait stuff's amazing. I was looking at your Instagram account just just earlier, and I, I love the low key type portrait stuff you've done. But I just oh, thank you. <laughs> so you have to give me some tips Mutual about portraits. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I. I. Um, yeah. So I. I if I go back to the beginning, it's probably a good idea. I did a, I started off doing a PhD in physics. You know, obviously I did a degree in physics and I did a PhD in physics. And then I went to work um, developing coatings for cover glasses for spacecraft. Um, and it sounds really exciting that, but it, it wasn't really. And, and one thing led to another. I ended up um, setting up a software company with, an, with another guy. And, and that did really well. I was very fortunate and you know, worked very hard to, to, to make that successful and, and, and grew that to a fairly substantial size of around about, I think, I think we employed about 120 people when I left. Um, and um, so the reason I left and started being a professional photographer was I, I was in California. So I lived in California for um, just over a year. 
And when I first got there, before my wife and kids came over, I decided to go to Yosemite. Seemed like a good idea. Um, obviously, it's every um, landscape photographer's dream to go to Yosemite. I had actually been there a few times before, but um, never been on my own on a dedicated landscape trip. So um, having grown up sort of reading all the Ansel Adams books, I was just dying to go, go there. So I arrived in, in Yosemite, had my lunch, and then I was driving just in the Yosemite Valley and the next thing I knew, I, there was a funny noise and I was upside down in my car um, and I'd, um, yeah, I'd rolled my car multiple times and I was then airlifted to hospital because they thought I broke my neck. Um, and um, as it happened, my neck was okay. Um, and, and I actually thought, I said, I don't think there's any need for this. I think they were overreacting, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> but um, so my neck was okay, but my... Um, my heart, when I got to hospital, stopped, I think, two or three times for around about 30 seconds. Um, I've got this great, a great um, graph, actually, that they printed out for me where my heart's going along and then it just suddenly stops and flatlines. Um, and that's what caused my accident. My heart stopped. I have a genetic defect with my sinus node and um, they fitted me with an emergency pacemaker. And right. And that, and that was fine. I, I, I didn't have any issues. My wife, unfortunately, had to come out a bit earlier to look after me. I, I, I would have been okay, probably, but I wasn't allowed to drive for a few weeks. Um, so she came out a bit earlier. Um, and, um, yeah, I just got on with, with, with doing my, um, my job as a CEO of a software company. Um, but then that sort of dawned on me that life's fairly short. So I'd been quite successful, and I wanted a bit of another challenge, really. So I decided that it was time to have a change. So I decided to become, quit my job as a CEO. Um, and it wasn't a rash decision. You know, I'd done very well out of it and I, I wanted to just have a new challenge really. So I thought, right, I'll just start and be a landscape photographer. And I actually had a bet with my son that I could, he said, there's no chance you'll ever get anybody watching you on YouTube. You're boring <laughs> and you sound weird. <laughs> <laughs> Out the mouths of babes, eh? Yeah, yeah. So, so he he bet me that I wouldn't get to a. I think we had a ten pound bet that ten dollars actually. I think it was because I think I was still st still in America at the time. But um, and and he bet me that I wouldn't get to a thousand subscribers. And believe it or not, I did get to a thousand subscribers. I couldn't 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 actually believe it myself. And and that and th and then I thought, well, actually, I, I could, this is going to work. And this is the platform that I need to grow all my professional work off really and it is my outlet to to everybody through youtube mm -hmm. so i mean it is a huge decision to make because you get so many people i'm, I'm sure you do but I, I certainly get people saying look how can i become a professional in you know photography i'm desperate to leave my job and all that kind of stuff but uh, i mean you probably agree that it's not a decision that you make lightly obviously you're saying you're in a, in a privileged position that you did well yeah so you were able to step away yeah yeah i i, I was but i think um I think the, th the thing is that wh when you are in a position, it doesn't matter. You st it's still a big change. You know, my, mm. my income changed overnight, obviously. Um, and although I had, you know, a, a little bit of a nest egg, in, in, you know, t to back it up, you know, we, 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 we had bills to pay and things. So it's got to be yeah. successful. It was no less a very difficult decision for me than it is for anybody else. I think, I think the thing is, I, th I think there's something in my personality that makes me want to just go and try different things um, but I think I think for anybody wanting to do it then it, it, I think it is a very difficult 
thing to be successful at. I think I probably am. I, I, I say I am successful now. I think I, I, I earn you know, a reasonable living from it. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, that I don't earn money from YouTube. YouTube gives me an outlet to be able to um, you know, get, get to the world. And, and I suppose what I've, what I've been able to do with that is to leverage my time more. So rather than just having a very local set of people that I can sell workshops to or sell prints to, you know, I, I, I've got a, a worldwide audience that, that watches me on YouTube. So from that point of view, you know, that's very successful. But you have to go out and put in a huge amount of work and be dedicated and, 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 and go with your initial conviction, really. And, and, and it took a, few, a good few months for that to even start to think, look like it was going to work. Yeah. I think going by the fact that I watch your YouTube videos, I can, I can completely see now, because although I do my own videos, looking at it from um, a different perspective now as somebody who's subscribing to a channel myself and wanting to learn stuff, because, you know, I want to learn more about landscapes. I just, I like the idea of being able to take a nice picture of a landscape. Yeah. But I can see how YouTube and the video kind of format works massively for you, because I watch your videos and I kind of it's kind of weird but within the first few minutes I feel like I know you. Mm. You do, it just seems a video where you're a very honest kind of person. There's no airs and graces about you and what you see is what you get and that's that's coming across now when I mean this is the first time we've spoken. Is, yeah. yeah. And it just feels like we've spoken already. It's kind of weird but it yeah. works so well for you. Yeah, and I think I think that's how I when 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 I was starting my software company I, you know, obviously in software you've got to sell stuff, and and I think I was a little bit different in the mold there. I, I wasn't a typical sell, salesperson. I was just very honest. If I didn't think it would, a bit of software would work for somebody, I told them it wouldn't work, and and you you, you end you end up being more successful by being honest, really. And I wanted that to come across in my videos, and and I wanted people to know that that you know any anybody can become a good photographer. As long as you're, you know, dedicated, putting the hours and putting the hard work, and you're right. I mean, it's it's what's so good is that, and and, and I speak about this with people that book on my workshops that you know they, they feel like they know me before they come on the workshop. Whereas somebody might be a much better photographer than me, and and you know, and but but somebody who just read about them on a website and seen some of their images, they don't book on a workshop because they've got good images. They book on a workshop because they relate to the person that's running that workshop. Exactly. Yeah, it's very much so, isn't it? It's because I mean, YouTube is just full of all kinds of different people trying to do tutorials, and there's a lot of similar content I would say out there. But the reason they're going to tune into maybe your videos or maybe my videos is because they just find it more, much more relatable. And having that ability to do videos now is it's, it's a huge barrier that we can break down very quickly, isn't it? So oh, it's, it is amazing, and it it allows you know people like us to be able to just 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 get out to a mass audience with not a huge amount of outlay. Um, you know, it, it's it's time outlay, but there's not there's mm. not a huge amount of cost. You know the the any any modern camera can can do amazing video um, quality, and it, and and I think it's just I mean people always say well you know how how do you how do you get successful on YouTube and it, there's, there's just no answer to that because you've just got to be yourself I say and produce really compelling content. The the only the the thing that I found because you try and trick the system on YouTube the thing that I found <laughs> is that you know no matter what title you come up with no matter how much you promote it, um, 
ultimately my best videos are the ones that are the most compelling and, and the most honest and, and they're, yeah. they're the ones that tend to do well yes and we, we mentioned about that because the video that i was kind of glued to today was the first time i'd seen it but i was glued to it and it was the one about failure and if there's one video that i want to recommend anyone I mean, we're going to put links to your stuff on the all you know for everything to do with this but one of the videos i really recommend people watch is it's it's a fairly recent wasn't it about the failure the last one yeah yeah, and I absolutely love that because in that you're going through pictures rather than saying, look, here's a great picture that I took when I visited this wonderful location. You're actually pointing out kind of like, right, this is what I thought would be good. This is what I did and this is why I don't like it. And that that's kind of invaluable. And it's also very endearing that you, you're prepared to be so honest. Yeah, and I think it's, um, I think it's really useful. I, I always like that type of video on different subjects as well. If I, if I can see the journey somebody's taken to get somewhere, then I, I, I think it's easier to learn by following that journey. Um, and, 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 and so that, that, that's such a, a really important lesson for me. And, and I think, yeah, I mean, this, this, that video you're talking about, I, I, there's, one, there's one image in there which I took with my drone and I was like so excited. I got to this location, I got my drone up, it was gonna get windy and I was like flying my drone. And I was actually with a, a, a fellow photographer, Mas Peter Everson, who's an, an amazing landscape photographer. Um, and I could see him flying his drone like further than me. And I was thinking, he's brave. I, he was going further out to sea, further towards the mountains. And I was just thinking, okay, I've got all this footage. I was really happy. And I looked at it on my computer and I hadn't focused any of it. So I've, got, <laughs> I've got all these amazing photos that are just slightly out of focus. Because if anybody knows the DGA Mavic, you've got to tap to focus. And yeah, I always like, forget. And, and, and I, I use it, I use my drone, if, if anybody watches my videos, they'll, they'll see there's drone footage in pretty much all of them, because I think it's a really good way of setting the scene and, and, and creating cinematic sort of shots. And I use it all the time, and for this one time, which is probably the best shot I could have ever got, I didn't focus it, I was so upset. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, people make mistakes, don't they? I make, oh yeah. the, the amount of times that I've, I've um, hopefully I've clicked record on, on, on this interview, but the amount of times that I've not clicked record on my, my sound thing and I've done a bit to camera and then I thought that was really good and then I've not recorded it. <laughs> yeah. I did that the other night because I recorded a video, my first kind of like, right, this is what I'm doing my landscapes, did it in my office and I've got a microphone that goes on top of the camera by a company called Shaw and it's not one of the ones that's powered by plugging it in, you do have to switch it on. And I thought, I did a really great intro to that video. I put both SD cards into the computer to, to marry the, the audio up. And the one from the camera is just me going like, just my mouth moving. Oh, man, I had to do it all again. The amount of times I've done that, it's probably as many times as I leave the lens cap on. Do you know what I mean? I'm always doing that. But uh, so, so, all right, so why, why landscapes then? Why, why have you chosen landscapes? Yeah, it's an interesting one, that. I mean, I do, I do like other genres of photography you know if I, if I go down to London I'll do some street photography and I, I love black and white because I started you know doing black and white in the dark room that's how I started but I lived in the Lake District when I grew up um, and I remember when I first learned to drive I thought this is fantastic and it's funny because my parents always took me out for walks and 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 I, I used to hate them and I used to say can we just <laughs> go home but I think some of that you know just that 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 message of my dad saying it's really great to go out and telling me what all the trees were and pointing out the birds and saying what what tune they're singing and everything i um obviously came off on me because um 
you know, I, f I fell in love with the outdoors really, and I, I love hiking. I also have quite a chronic back problem. So I have like a trap nerve in my back. And so sitting down for too long is just not good for me. So getting out and walking is just, just fantastic. So um, even with all the kids on, because when I went out the other day, my first time out doing landscaping, just for myself, yeah, I just think I've, I felt like I'd brought the whole office with me on my back. And I was, I mean, well, I you're was. Probably, you're probably, you're probably, yeah, you, you need to go mirrorless, but um, but yeah, but yeah. I mean, I I think um, I I think yeah. Even with all the kit on, I mean, I you get fitter, don't you? It's amazing how fit, mm. much fitter I've got since I left an office and and do it full time now. But um, you know, you, for landscape photography, you don't necessarily have to walk miles and miles. There's amazing places you can go where you can park your car and walk, you know, half a mile and find something. You know, be in the middle of nowhere and, and not have anybody around. I think the solitude part of it is quite important for me. I quite like, I quite like just being in areas that there's nobody else around. Um, it also helps with vlogging because I just don't like vlogging when there's three or four people watching me, <laughs> which is what happened with a with a recent um, video actually. The one I did in Anglesey where I was on a lighthouse and I got there early because I knew there was be I knew it'd be busy. And I got this position, which was like a, a, a good position um, to, to get this shot. And then as I was sort of setting up and getting everything ready, there was more and more photographers arriving. And then as I, and then when I was talking <laughs> on, on, on video, there's probably about eight or nine photographers just all watching me. Oh. And, and that's, quite, that's quite hard because I'm telling, telling people, you know, this, this is the sort of thing you should think about. And I feel quite confident I can give people good advice, but when there's actual photographers there, it seems slightly more scary. <laughs> and I'm thinking, they're probably thinking, this guy's a right prat. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the video where you've kind of, you talked about visiting the iconic places and should yeah. you do them? And, yeah, yeah. 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 I got a book on, where is it? It's just over my shoulder here, and it sort of says places to photograph in... Um, you know, North Wales or wherever, and I know that lighthouse picture's turned up. So I thought I'm going to go there. Then I saw your video. I thought I'm not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it it, it is an amazing. I had never been there before, and it is, it, believe it or not, you know, I don't live that far away from it. But it, it is an amazing place, and I, I I do think I like solitude, but I do like going to locations like I, you know when I went to uh, Yosemite, I went to Tunnel View, and you know that's probably the most photographed location in the world I probably I probably would say maybe the Eiffel Tower or something, or something like that but it, it, I, I do I do like going to the, uh, those iconic locations because I want to put my spin on it and and can know in landscape photography you, you never get the same light you never get the same weather conditions um, it's different in winter than it is in summer so you can get lots of different images from the same location and I think that's a challenge really and I think I, re I really enjoy doing that but I, I also like finding new locations, especially in woodlands, where you can go and find maybe a tree that nobody's found in the middle of a forest and photograph that. I really enjoy doing that. Um, but it's just, it, I just I just enjoy, you know, there's nothing better than in the morning going out, um, you know, maybe hearing a cuckoo or a woodpecker and, and just being on your own, walking through the forest um, and trying to stop my dog Pebbles eating a squirrel. <laughs> Or another one of your windshields on your microphone. Yeah, she, ha she has actually eaten quite a few of those. Yeah. I, I so look forward to that because that's one of the things because my wife, uh, Anne and myself, will be moving uh, possibly this year. It could even be next year, but we're going to be moving away from where we are now, just outside of Oxford. And 
we we're desperate for dogs. And when I see the vid- videos of like your you know pebbles running around, I think oh, I'm so desperate for that. It really is. The, it seems to be the older I'm getting, it's the more simple things in life that I'm after. And I totally appreciate what you're saying about just being out on your own, hearing the or watching the morning wake up. It's just like priceless, absolutely it priceless. Is. It is priceless, yeah. And you'll 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 yeah you'll enjoy having a dog as well. I can't wait. I, I what I said about you, you know, why landscapes? And I get that now. It's because you you're very much an outdoor person. Yeah. And you know you love photography. You've been doing it since you were like maybe around about eleven, I think you said. Yeah. So the two the two of them together, it's like a marriage made in heaven, isn't it? It's kind of like it just makes sense. But for me, coming from it as a portrait photographer, I don't know if I'm right or wrong to say this, but it just seems. For somebody to say, I'm gonna, I am gonna, that's it. I, I, I kind of, I now know that I'm not immortal. I am now gonna do what I want to do in my life. I'm gonna become a professional photographer. I'm gonna choose landscapes. It just seems like a real incredible decision to make because for me, as portraits, I'm controlling everything. I know 100%. If I've got a shoot tomorrow and I'm in the studio, I know I'll get a result. Whereas with yourself, as a landscape guy. It's very much you're at the mercy of what you're given on the day, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, there's not much you can control, really. Um, and I think that's part of the fun of it. Uh, and, and, and actually, when you go out and you get something special, that makes it even more special. Mm. It, it's, it's, very, it's very hard. I usually get probably between 10 and 15 photos that I would sort of call portfolio-grade photos, I don't really like that that phrase, but it's probably the best phrase of explaining it. Where you know I'd, I'd sell those photos and I'd do that a year, so you know so that's like one one a month probably, and you know I obviously take a lot more photos than that. But but when you're going back to a location multiple times and you and you you start to understand that location, you understand what the light falls like in that location. You find a good tree maybe, or you find you know a good field with some walls in it that you think well if I can just come back here when it's snowy or foggy or where the trees have just let, lost their leaves or the trees are just gaining their leaves then mm. then the planning that goes into that photo makes it really valuable and I think that's something that then makes when you sell that photo and you, you know you say okay there's an addition of 50 for instance of that photo then you know you, that's where you get the payback for it and, th- and that's why and that's why you, you put a price on it that, that, that may, at first glance, seem quite expensive. But a huge amount of work has gone into actually going out and you know, making that photo. So, so you know, it's really rewarding when eventually somebody comes and, and, and purchases that print. But, it, but, it, but it's interesting because it's, I think it'd be very difficult to be a professional landscape photographer without YouTube. I think, I think without that audience... I think it would be very difficult. I mean, I get you know thousands of hits on my website now. I, I think I have something like two hundred and fifty thousand views on my YouTube channel every month, and you know that's a lot of people coming and seeing my work. And I, I just don't think without without YouTube, it, it would be very very difficult for somebody that's just coming into the to, to the professional arena to actually get an audience like that. So you you'd probably sort of say then to to anybody getting involved in business in some way or another involve video in your particular business kind of promotion then I guess so yeah I, I don't know whether it's video but I think definitely social media I think is important I think I think you, you, you've got to you've got to think how you're going to get your name known to other people so you've got to start to differentiate yourself whether that is a YouTube channel or 
uh, and uh, you know a certain genre of landscape photography. Maybe you're a specialist in Scotland landscapes, and you've got you know an amazing Instagram portfolio um, of Scottish landscapes. Then then you're probably then going to start to get noticed by not just people that wanting to work with you um, from a you know personal level, but people are going to want to work from you from a professional level as well. So maybe sponsors or um, you know, people that are running magazines that, that have seen your Instagram portfolio. And whether you like it or not, that's the world we now live in. You know, pe pe people, yeah. people hire people because they've got good online pro profiles. And I've got, um, I've got, a, I've got a real love-hate relationship with, with social media, Nigel. I mean, with my, myself and Dave, we've talked about this quite a few times in previous episodes. And things like Facebook, I'm, I know we've got to be on it. And like you say, it's, it's here to stay, isn't it? Social media is not going to go away. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of veering now more towards using Instagram, and I'm kind of finding myself probably using Facebook a lot less. I'm getting more inclined towards the Instagram because I find it a better place to hang out. But the YouTube side of things, um, yeah, incredibly important. I definitely were going to keep doing it, but my God, do you ever find that the comments on you on YouTube are like? Whoa! If you're going to get any trolls, they're going yeah. to be on YouTube. Yeah, I mean it's fun. It's funny actually. I find it when I talk about gear. So I did a, one of my videos was Nikon. I'm moving from Nikon to Fuji, and um, that was polarized. So so there was people <laughs> just saying you're an idiot because how can these two prints look look the same? One's taken with a full frame, and one's taken with a. Um, yeah. uh, and you know they they didn't look any different. You know the, the fact is they didn't see the point of it. But but that they people defend the fact that they've probably spent ten thousand pounds on on Nikon gear, and <laughs> they're definitely right. Um, so so when it comes to gear, definitely you get very polarized views. And I, I started actually replying to my comments and and being quite sarcastic, but then I realised that. <laughs> But then I realised that was just giving them more airtime, so I, I I just ignore them now. Um, but it, it's easier said than doesn't it? I I do that. I try think no, I'm just gonna let it go. But every now and again, every now and again, I just can't help myself. This little voice in my head is going, just say something. But I, I had to go. Well, I didn't have a go. I retaliated in on somebody a, a short while back, and I was kind of fairly eloquent. And this conversation was going backwards and forwards, and the person replying to me, they were getting really quite you know quite abrupt. And it was all to do with a technique that I'd shown in Photoshop. And they were going, that doesn't work. And it had, had loads of good comments. I go, well, it does work. I would suggest maybe just watch the video again, slow down. And no, try it again, doesn't work. I said, well, try doing this, this, and this. I don't know how to do that. I'm only eight. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know That's what I mean? Funny. So you just don't know who's commenting. And that kind of, that really ran it home to me. It was unbelievable. But um, yeah. yeah. But I, think, I think on the whole, I'd say... I mean, I think it's interesting where, where I do more, a lot of my videos are very sort of inspirational so that, I, you know, what I try and do is take somebody along for the journey and say, mm. right, I'm going to this location, let's see what we can get and, you know, just share my my love of the outdoors, really. And and that then becomes very natural for me because I'm, I get, I'm quite an overexcitable person. Um, so I, I get, I get, I get overexcited quite easy. So recording <laughs> that's just fairly easy. I just, Put the put the camera there. In fact, I have to tone it down sometimes. But um, but so those videos, I, I tend to just get good comments. It's it's the ones where I do a how-to video and I say, well, this is how you should do this. And 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 inevitably on YouTube, you want your video to do well. So you say, yeah. 
the the the, the you know the, the best way to do or something like that and, and the title and then somebody's inevitably going to say well you don't do it that way and, you, and, I, and obviously there's a million ways to skin something isn't there yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and um it's my opinion and and it, and it works for me so you know don't watch the video if you don't if you don't want to do that's it. That's it. That's it. So you're um, for the landscapes, and it seems to me like you are you're perfectly positioned because you're not far from the Peak District. Is that right? You're up that yeah. So the peak, I, I can get into the peaks in about fifteen minutes, um, right. and so that's good. The Peak District is an amazing lo- location in the cent- central part of England, and it, it it's. It's not. It's, it's called the Peak District. You don't really know because there's not lots of peaks. It's but there's lots of sort of um, stone escarpments, which which you can just which just look fantastic. And there's a few sort of gorges that you, you, you an, an amazing woodland there as well. So it's 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 beautiful. And certainly in in the um, late or, or August time and late summer time, where the where the heather comes out, it's the most stunning place. But then I've got the Lake District and Snowdonia um as well so i've got like three really amazing um national parks you know and, and are these are these where you generally do your because you mentioned about doing workshops so yeah. are these are these kind of places where you hold, hold your workshops and and, all, and also with your workshops nigel what what kind of format do they take do you do one-to-ones because i'm 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 interested very very <laughs> yeah. interested yeah. so i do i do one-to-ones yeah so um so they're full day or, or multi-day one-to-ones and and um, that's really interesting because I get quite a lot of uh, visitors from other countries on those as well, which is which is really good. Um, so the one to ones tend to be me and obviously somebody else. So sometimes there's two people, like maybe a friend of theirs, um, and we 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 go out and and, and go on a, maybe a couple of medium sized hikes and, and and to locations that I know, and they are, tend to be in the Peak District and the Lake District because I know that those very well i grew up in the lake district and i now live in the peak district so i know those locations incredibly well and then i have group workshops so um i don't do very many of those i've got uh, i think i've got one or two places left on the ones this this summer and then i've got residential group workshops as well so they're ones that where people stay for a week in fact i've got one in the lake district where i've hired a, a cottage in the lake district and you know i tried to make it quite a nice experience really so it's not like we're all in a youth hostel it's quite it's a really nice cottage that I've got and um, you know I, w- I want to try and make things quite special and then and, and I'm also thinking with that of potentially taking a printer and after the day you know the days that we go out we can maybe print some prints as well and I, I'm genuinely I wasn't just saying that for the sake of, I'm generally interested in kind of coming along because this past weekend with me going out for my fir- my, my virgin trip to see if I can do any landscapes I already I kind of think yeah there's more to this than meets the eye because you know what a few years ago when me and Dave were having one of our chats because we do this quite a lot and uh, every now and again you have a bit of a bitching session do you know what I mean you see people <laughs> posting stuff and I remember I remember Dave he won't mind me saying this but I remember Dave saying once uh, about a certain certain landscape photographer wasn't you and he goes uh, oh yeah he said well, what's all this thing about landscape photographers oh let's see I know let's drive to a very nice place put my camera on a tripod and press the button how hard can it be <laughs> do you know what I mean I'm like uh, now that I went out on Sunday last week yeah, that's pretty hard. It really, I mean, I've, what, 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 would, what advice would you give to folks who are just starting out? Come, come on a workshop, that'd be first advice. So you're, you're doing well <laughs> <Yeah>. there. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I do think that, um, that there are certain things that I, I, I often see people not doing wrong, but not, 
not doing not making the best of so so certainly not about camera equipment so camera equipment is as long as you know whatever camera equipment you have you can even have a phone you can get an amazing shot so it's nothing to do with camera equipment it's it's all about being in the right place at the right time so um so light so i've got a thing of four things that are really important to make a good shot and that subject light composition and timing and, and, and what, what most people miss is light, composition, and timing. The, the, all, <laughs> everyone thinks of the subject. They think, I'm going to take a picture of a lighthouse, or I'm going to go to a beach, or I'm going to go and into this, take this tree in a woodland. But they don't really think about when they're going to do that and what the light might be like. And without good light, landscape photography is very difficult. Um, yeah. So, you know, you've obviously, everyone's driven down the road and it's been a storm and then suddenly the sun comes out and there's a dark sky and the sun comes out on a, on a tree and it lights that tree up and the tree just looks spectacular. Well, that's all to do with obviously light. The tree doesn't actually look any different. It's just the fact that the contrast of that tree against the dark cloud makes the tree stand out. Um, so it's not that the tree's actually looking any different. It's, it's just that the it's in a different environment because of the light. And people often miss that when they when they go and do landscape photography. So they think, okay, the most, I'm gonna go in the day, I'm gonna get up and go at 10 o'clock on, on, on Sunday morning and go and have a walk and do some landscape photography. And that it's very, very difficult to get good shots at that time of the day. I don't think I could particularly get a great shot then, unless you have fog or, you know, you have some thunderstorm clouds or something. But if you go really early in the morning or re really um, close to sunset, not just because you're taking a picture of sunset, but because the light and the atmosphere is very different, then you're much more likely to get a very good shot. And then it's just about composing the image, making it as simple as possible, so removing all the clutter from the image, concentrating just on the the things that, that matter in the image and, um, yeah, and, and you can you can do amazing things. And that's one of the things I noticed again, which was on that video I was watching earlier on today, where there was a um, a mountain. I think this is when you were actually in Iceland, when it, and you were talking about this mountain in the distance, and then you were talking about the composition, and there was this kind of like ice formation on the ground, and then you've kind of said, oh, in your head it looked fantastic, but when you looked at the picture, it was a case of it just didn't. It just seemed like a bit of ice on the grass, and that was it. It didn't seem right. No, it wasn't right. It, 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 it just didn't look good. And, and that was me just getting a bit overexcited because I was in Iceland. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm in Iceland, I'm in Iceland, there's a big mountain. <laughs> but um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you've, got to have, you've got to have something that, that's really simple and dominant. So in that case, if the ice had covered the whole ground and was really amazing repeating patterns, then it would have yeah. looked really stunning. But, but it, it didn't. So the subject was poor and the composition was poor because I, I wasn't either close enough to the ice or, or, or whatever. But also there was just no light on the scene. So it, it just failed on pretty much every aspect, really. Mm -hmm. um, and, and simplicity is really important. Everyone struggles with composition. And what I say to people when you struggle with composition is just try and keep it as simple as possible. So if you're taking a picture of a bluebell, then just take a picture of one bluebell against some green grass and and you know get 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 a long lens out and just just reduce the focus and you know it's a bit like taking a portrait you know you, you if you're taking a portrait of somebody in the woods you don't do it at f22 do you 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 do it at f f4 um so so you you want to simplify it if if you're taking a picture 
of a landscape where you're, you, you've got a big scene, then don't have too much clutter in the foreground. Try and find some repeating patterns or try and find some rock that's really interesting and, and focus on that. And by removing things that aren't important, that's when you start to get really, really good photos. And if you look at any good landscape photographer and you look at their portfolio of shots, Joe Cornish or Charlie Waite or any of those, you'll see that simplicity plays a massive part in, the, in, the, in their photos. One of, one of the things um, we also like to kind of ask on these, these interviews is uh, loves and loathes. Now, I don't know if I gave you the hint on this one, but uh, didn't. I didn't, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what do you and it's basically it's, it's quite simple um it's what do you love about this whole industry or photography and what do you loathe but when i say loathe i mean is there anything that you think i really I've, that really gets to me i don't like that or whatever so it's this is why it's so honest you know what do you what i'd say what do you love what do you loathe um well it's, it's funny actually because i don't feel like i'm part of the industry even though I've, you know i've been doing it for for so little time and and i think I think that you know I, I've come in through, to, through the back door almost through YouTube and and just and just been quite successful that way, and and I suppose that that element of it I really love. So all the people I've met on YouTube, so all the other landscape photographers that I've met on YouTube, you know I've I've had small conversations with Simon Baxter, Thomas Heaton, um, Ben Horn, who's was has been really helpful on multiple occasions because he's been doing YouTube for years and years and years. He's an American guy. They've all, everyone's been so helpful. Um, so I love that, I think that's brilliant. I, I think in, in terms of loathe, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know, because I don't know the industry enough really. I think that you know, maybe there, there are some people that probably feel in, that entitled to things with, uh, just because they've been in it longer. And um, I've probably seen that a little bit, not a huge amount. It probably happens more in like, traditional wedding photography I should think um, I, I was speaking to a wedding photographer the other day and he was he was mentioning that but um, you know I, I think people like me that have come along on this sort of new media of YouTube just maybe think get the noses put out of joint a little bit and I don't see why you know there's nothing that anybody can use do go on YouTube can't they it's not there's no pass required no, that's right. All right. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned wedding photographers. We've talked about the fact that you uh, your your uh, your thing that gets you is, is landscapes. You loved doing landscapes. Have you ever tried any other stuff? Do you ever do any other kind of like portrait work or anything like that? Yeah, not professional. Well, actually, you say not professionally. No, I've not. I've not done anything professionally. Um, I've done. I've, I've I've got three kids, so I've obviously taken loads of pictures of my kids, and I'm I'm re I'm re I'm reasonably good at that. Um, I've, I've taken. I, I actually recently did some. Um, I, I've got some lights because I got I got some lights from my studio just to, um, to you know some video lights, but they're also flashlights as well. And I took some pictures of my dog, which was quite interesting. Um, I quite enjoyed doing that actually. I did one wedding for a friend a long time ago. It was actually the guy that I set up the software company with, um, his sister, um, and I never. I did it as a as, as a favour. And I will never ever do that again. How, <laughs> how anybody does wedding photography, I will never know because it was oh, the I so scariest hear what you're thing. saying. Yeah, it was the scariest thing I've ever done. Luckily, my wife helped yeah. me out, and she sort of gathered everybody together. But but there are some amazing. I, I know on on Twitter, I've got quite a few Twitter friends, and and some of those are wedding photographers, and they, they, they are absolutely amazing. The stuff that they produce is just unbelievable. 
Yeah. I, I think I did maybe three or four when I first started out because the way I kind of got into it was a case of um, through the retouching, that's how I started out. And then I kind of decided to do the photography. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I guess like a lot of folks, I thought, well, I'll do this, I'll do that. And I literally was spinning so many plates. But I And I remember somebody saying to me, don't, it's, um, don't go out there trying to find what you love to do go out there and find out what you don't like to do and then you'll very quickly find out what you love and my god is that true with wedding photography because yeah that was a that was a proper interesting introduction to photography that was the the uncle bobs that follow you around with the better camera and try yeah. to and then, <laughs> and then you'd have people that just you know you get pulled from pillar to post i don't i honestly don't know how people do the high standard of the work that you can see from some wedding photographers for eight, ten hours a day, solid. I mean, that is incredibly hard. Incredibly yeah. hard. Yeah, it, it, it is hard, isn't it? And, and I think there's a lot of pressure in it as well. So all, all respect to wedding photographers, but I'm never going to do that. So, um, yeah, and I, did, I did. I obviously did a lot of film photography before I got into digital. So that that was good. Um, I, 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 did, I processed all my own films and, all, and printed all my own black and white photos in a dark room. So I really enjoyed doing that. Um, yeah. the, the one thing I uh, wanted to talk about just quickly as well is on your, I'm on your website at the moment, got a gorgeous photo of was it Pebbles right in front of me. And onto the side of that, you've got a thing that says my five guiding principles. And I just want to kind of run through those if, if, if you're okay with that. So you say, yeah. uh, always photograph the things you love, never shoot for commercial gain. Yeah, so I think when I started with, with I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to be successful, so there was no doubt about that. Um, but I, I, I knew that being successful wouldn't be buy my prints, buy my prints, come on my workshop. So I didn't do, I didn't do any of that at the beginning. I... I wanted to do things I was passionate about and I believed quite strongly that if I set up a YouTube channel and talked about things in a very passionate way, then I'd get a following. And once I got a following of people that were interested in what I had to say, then 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 getting them to invest in my prints or invest in my workshops wouldn't be selling them anything. It'd be actually helping them out because they, they believe in me. And, and so I think so many people do things that they don't enjoy or aren't passionate about and then try and do do it just for commercial gain yeah. but if you actually do it the other way around and just do what you you're, you're really then then ultimately you're going to help people out and if you help people out and solve problems for people like get you know improving their photography or um you know or, or if you if, if you can make them happier by inspiring them to go outdoors and, t and take some photos then ultimately that will lead to success it's just then how you then monetize that um where you can keep those subscribers to your channel um and and make some money out of it but i don't think anybody you know wants me to fail everyone wants me to succeed so if they can contribute to that and get something out of it themselves then that's always going to be successful so whether that is me running a workshop or selling some tutorials or um you know you know doing some corporate work or doing um i don't do a lot of corporate work or or, or running some workshops whatever that might be people are going to be happy about that and yeah and that's, that's exactly what's happened really there's, there's definitely a, a kind of pattern evolving the more of these interviews that we do because you know from you on here and there is that just do what you love to do 
don't necessarily be guided by what you think other people want you to do. A prime example of that is uh, a friend of ours called Ian Munro that I spoke to recently. He's a photographer in Wales, and he's got a very kind of... It's hard to describe his style of portraits, but there's nothing I've ever seen like them. There's a, there, I mean, they always talk about pictures that should tell a story. Ian's really tell a story, and there's he built, he actually spends more time building a set and making uh, actually writing almost like a script for the people who are going to be in the picture and the last thing he does is take a shot and and Ian went through a bit of a phase where I think he was almost kind of doing what he thought other people wanted him to do and he realized he wasn't happy and he had this he did this one particular photo shoot recently and I was actually in the stu- in his studio doing another shoot and he did a picture uh, he showed it to his wife and she said to him I can't see you in this picture and it was kind of almost like it was almost like this a thunderbolt lightning kind of thing realization that she even she can see what makes me happy and she notices this picture isn't making me happy so he's now dug his heels in i will always do what i want to do and that's what's getting him noticed now is this year is a good year for him yeah without a shadow of a doubt that that's exactly what will happen and and it's just it's, it's developing your style a little bit isn't it whether mm. that is um, you know, my style is probably more big vista type landscape photography. Um, you know, I do all the type, I do more intimate stuff in the landscape as well, but really it's big vista type landscape photography. But then I, I, I suppose it's developing my style for my YouTube channel as well and making sure that that differentiates me a little bit from other people and, and, and you know, that honesty aspect of it is really important to me and, and coming across as really natural and, and as I am really. Um, but, and, and as long as I keep that and don't, because there's, there's lots of things I could do. I could do more gear reviews because they'll probably get more hits on YouTube. Or I could, I, I you know, I could do a lot more how-to videos and, and stuff. But I don't want to do that. I want to inspire people. So, so that's what I'm going to stick to, and, and I think it will continue to be successful as long as I, I stick to my guns, really. Yeah, I mean, the, there's other things that you mentioned. Um, these these guiding principles here as well, Nigel. And I think we've kind of covered those really. Um, the bit about. Um, uh, don't not buying gear because you've already said it's not about the gear, which is which yeah. is you know it's great I mean, to hear. I, I I really truly believe that, and it it's it's so often the case that people think they need so much gear and the latest camera. So for instance, now Nikon's got the D850 out, um, and it's almost like the the thing that came before is now obsolete, and and you know there is no. If everyone just had a Nikon D810 and nothing else was invented in photography ever, then it wouldn't change the quality of photos. You know, photos, if you, if, if you go back five years, photos haven't got better. They, they, they just haven't. Um, and, and people want to get better by investing in new gear. And I think what you need to do is get better. To get better, you've just got to go out and shoot more and you've got to experience more things and try more things and fail a lot more. And if you do all those things, then you might then start to discover where gear might potentially help if you've got a new lens or something. But I think a lot of people do it the other way around and think, right, what lenses do I need to be a successful landscape photographer? And they think I need a wide, a mid-range, and a zoom. So they go and buy all those. Rather than just thinking, actually, I, my, my recommendation to somebody will probably just be get a fixed, a fixed prime. So something like a 35mm or a 24mm and go out and just use that, I think you'll become a much better landscape photographer just with that one lens than you would get in three lenses and, and, and you know, keep switching them and not really doing anything particularly well. 
Mm. Yeah, because I noticed what was it? You say don't buy any new gear unless, well, you don't buy any new gear unless yours is broken or it's stopping you from getting the images you desire. And that that's that kind of there's a there's a photographer. I don't know if you know him, a guy called Zach Arias, is a uh, portrait photographer based out in Atlanta. Great guy. And I remember him. Uh, I spent some time with him, and he was sort of saying that never buy new kit unless or until you get to the point that you know the all the little ins and outs and the limitations of what you've currently got. Because then if you buy more kit, you go, well, why are you getting that? Um, I don't really know. But really, it should be like you've put here in your in your thing here, unless it's stopping you from getting what you want. Then you know why you need it, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's it's a bit like that with video. So, you know, I, 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 I so, so my, my camera will only do 60 frames per second and I want something that does 120 frames per second because I know it will allow me to do something a little bit different. I've not got it yet, but eventually I will get that. And that's a definite need that I have to be able to, to change it. And that'll make a slight incremental change to my videos, but it's only going to be small. Um, everything I do now to my videos, I think will only be small changes. But, but I think, I think, too many people go out and buy the the, late, the latest kit, and it's just it just isn't it isn't necessary. Well, listen, I, honestly, I, I could sit and talk to you for ages. But I, what one thing I do want to ask you is just quickly: where can people find you? What uh, your social media is? Anywhere that you think right? If you want to know more about me or find my stuff, this is where you need to go. Yeah, so um, I am on Facebook, but don't go there because I don't post a huge amount on on Facebook. Um, so I, I post all my images um, on Instagram, and I also am quite um, active on Instagram stories as well. So Instagram stories is like my mini video throughout the week, really, um, of saying where I'm going, what I'm doing, etc. So Instagram's a really good place, and that's just nigel.danson. And then the, the, the other place, obviously, is my website, which is nigeldanson.com, and obviously my YouTube channel, which is forward slash nigeldanson. Yeah, we'll put, all the, we'll put all the links to these on there, mate. So but, uh, I'd highly, highly recommend folks uh, check out your channel, click the subscribe and click that little bell icon, which I've got, so I get a little notification. <laughs> but um, I, I, what I'd love is at some point, I am going to be booking on one of your workshops because I really, oh, I totally see the benefit of that. And I think that'd be a great thing for us to do, maybe just a little bit of video when we're there as well, just because I want people to show that, you know, that we're always learning. And that's one thing I am constantly learning. I know there's a heck of a lot I can learn from you. So I should be doing that. And I'd love you to come back on this in you know in a, in a you know few months or whatever once i've done a little bit more and maybe my pictures don't suck quite so much my landscapes yeah review your pictures <laughs> <laughs> well not don't do it yet whatever you do um, <laughs> but nigel thank you so much for your time i know you're busy i know you're going to be out tonight you're doing a presentation tonight as well so i really do appreciate the fact that you've uh, done this for us we're going to have just a few words but i'll i'm going to call it a day now but uh cheers nigel yeah thanks 